What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock with my man, as always, Mojo Mutati. Mojo, we're going to start with the NBA. No Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey, at least not to start what? today. What? <laughs> I know, shocking. We do have an equally as crazy story, though, because last night, of course, the NBA season uh, kicked off in October. Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves playing a game uh, in Golden State in San Francisco. Mojo, there was a full-out brawl involving two NBA All-Stars before a single point was ever scored in this game. So last night, as soon as things are uh, tipped off, you're going to see uh, Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels of the T-Wolves they start fighting, and then Draymond Green will literally get Rudy Gobert, the seven-plus footer, in a legitimate headlock. Take a look. On Wiggins, will step back three. And so we're scoreless. We'll stay 0-0 the first two minutes. And then look, look at Clay Thompson, Thompson and McDaniels. What is going on with that? Wow. You've got a full-on fracas going on. Draymond came in to defend Clay. This, this got out of hand very quickly. Look at, look at Clay Thompson's jersey. It's ripped up. That's more than a scuffle. Yeah, Mojo, as the broadcaster said, uh, Clay Thompson's jersey was all was ripped. This was a, a real fight. I mean, we've seen NBA fights where people talk and run their mouths a bunch, but you literally see Draymond Green with Rudy Gobert in a headlock, and Rudy Gobert presumably is uh, having the blood cut off to his brain. So a few more seconds like that, and, and Rudy would have been sleeping. Babcock, this was intense. This was uh, the biggest tussle we've seen on a basketball court in a little bit of time, right? I guess we'd have to take it back to an actual practice to be to see some hands actually fly. Funny but, enough, uh, uh, involving the same guy, Mojo. You don't say. <laughs> hey, look, man, it, that that was escalated. I mean, you got jerseys grabbed, people trying to fling each other to the ground. You yeah. know every team has their designated enforcer to run in and handle business when things get physical. I mean, that is extremely important in sports, whether that's basketball or hockey. I mean, in football, that's more or less everybody on the team. But uh, <laughs> right. this was a serious one. I mean, this angle probably shows it the best right there. I mean, yeah, pretty Ooh. good form. I mean, hey. yeah, no, it Mojo is a real choke. You're right. Last that a little bit longer. He, he might be going oh, to yeah. sleep on the court. I mean, he's clean under the chin. He's yeah. got a pretty good hold on and <laughs> you can see it's taking multiple people trying to pull him off and it's still not working. So there's going to be some <laughs> uh, consequences coming, brother. That's a great point. Mojo, as we sit here Wednesday afternoon and film the show, the NBA has not yet announced any punishments. Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Jaden McDaniels were ejected from the game. Rudy Gobert was not ejected. He remained in the game because he was kind of just standing there and he got choked. I do think, Mojo, we obviously haven't seen the last as far as punishment goes here. I think there's going to be some suspensions. I, I think Draymond Green is definitely going to be suspended. It's just a matter of how many games he gets, Mojo. I, I think you're probably looking at something like a minimum of two, maybe up to five games taken 
Draymond Green's history into account. What do you think, Mojo? What's your get tell you here? You know what? If you're asking me, I think basketball's getting too soft these days. Mm. People screaming and crying for penalties. I think they should give the team 10 extra points for delivering a quality, <laughs> efficient headlock. I think we need a tough in basketball back up. So that, that, that's my take on this. Award extra points. Uh, maybe give them a raise. Give them a bonus. Holidays are coming up. <laughs> Some gifts. I like it. So no fight. So so no suspension for Draymond Green. Ten points to the Warriors. You were handsome. You were pretty. You're the king of South Philly. When the band finished playing, they howled out for more. The letters were swinging. All the joints they were singing. We fought on a corner, then danced through the night. The sound of the silver rage is we're going to let a chief steal the show? Hell no! <laughs> Mojo, that was Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey singing a, that, like a real live track. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles, as they have done lately, release a Christmas album this year. It's called uh, Philly Special Christmas Special, of course, a play on the Philly special play from the Super Bowl. Helped uh, the Eagles uh, win a Super Bowl a few years back. The shocking thing here, Mojo, is that Travis Kelsey, of course, who is a chief superstar who beat the Eagles last year in the Super Bowl, he is actually on the uh, song with his brother and with uh, Lane Johnson, uh, Jordan Mailata of some other uh, Philadelphia Eagles as well. So, Mojo, uh, they have a song, uh, Money Goes to Charity, so I, I won't get on them too bad there, Mojo. But we're going to talk about different music. Taylor Swift's music, Mojo. Of course, we know in Buenos Aires over the weekend, Saturday to be exact, Travis Kelsey was in the building. Taylor Swift performed her song, Karma. We know she changed the words to the song. She changed the lyrics to work in Travis Kelsey, her new man. Well, this week on their New Heights podcast, Travis and Jason talked about that moment. Did Travis know she was going to do this? He answered that question. Take a listen. How does it feel to officially be uh, the guy on the Chiefs? <laughs> you mean karma? Karma. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I had no clue that. Uh, well, I might have had a little bit of a clue, but um, definitely when I heard it come out of her mouth, uh, still shocked me. And uh, yeah, you could tell. In the video. I was like, it was pretty. Oh, she really just said you were that. so All shocked. Right. You left Scott hanging. <sighs> Scott's over here looking for a high five. Yeah, Mr. Swift, I apologize, <laughs> big guy. Oh, man, I missed that. I never miss a high five, too. Big high five guy. It's the most electric thing you can do in a, at an event. And uh, so, sorry, Mr. Sweet. He even had your Chiefs lanyard on. Got him on to, over here to the good side, baby. Scott. You know what I'm saying? What are we doing, Scott? Just just one by one, getting all the good good ones. You're going to let this man's devilishly good looks and relationship with your daughter sway you from a lifetime of fandom, Scott? This is ridiculous. Oh, I just realized he called it a relationship. Well, first of all, let, let me just vouch for my guy T. Kelsey here real quick. I definitely know personally that Travis is a big high-five guy. He's oh, you've gotten a high-five before, Mojo? He's a big high-fiver. He loves forcing in high-fives into every atmosphere. I mean, the other hands wow. here might be doing a high-five at this very moment right. in this picture. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, the the people's elbow, the most electrifying move in pro wrestling, the, the high-five, the most electrifying move. Uh, as a spectator, I yeah. guess. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, hold on a second. I, you, you called it a relationship. 
I was about to argue the opposite. I mean, we don't even have impromptu moments anymore. He knew the lyric was replaced ahead of time. This is just stacking my overwhelming evidence to uh, perpetuate my theory here that this is not necessarily Uh, a real relationship. She tipped him off ahead of time. That wasn't even organic. I mean, normally you would try to surprise your person while you're on stage doing the thing. You worked their name into your presentation. What a great deed. Maybe not as much when you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, that stuck out. That stood out to me too, Mojo. I will say this. Someone said this to me earlier today. When you look at that video of Taylor, she's running. It looks like she's running to the porta potties. Somebody I was doing, (laughs) I was talking to one of our affiliate stations, and they thought she had to go to the bathroom. And then Travis was there, and the the smooching began, Mojo. But yeah, they thought Taylor Swift had to, uh, you know, go to the bathroom. The long performance, buddy. I mean, we've talked about it before. When football players got to go to the bathroom on the field, they just do it while simultaneously squirting water over their region. <laughs> she can't do that. Coming up, boxing legend Andre Ward joins us to talk about his new book. Plus, is there an opponent that would motivate the Hall of Famer to come out of retirement? He actually names two and these fights would be huge. You don't want to miss Andre Ward next on TMC Sports. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Welcome back to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock here. I, I'm very excited about this because obviously if you're a if you're a combat sports fan, you know this man right here. He is uh, one of the greatest fighters of this generation, a multiple-time world champion across different weight classes. But uh, Andre Ward has uh, has also written a uh, a new book called Killing the Image, A Champion's Journey of Faith, Fighting, and Forgiveness. Uh, Andre, I got a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. I got a few boxing questions for you. But, uh, man, I just started reading the book. Uh, I, I love it. Why did you do this? It's it's obviously it's a lot of work to write a book. What made you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this? Yeah. It was it was a, you know, a a process, I would say, you know, uh, early on, it was just a thought, you know, maybe eight, nine years ago. And then it went from being a thought to being like, I can't talk about like all my family history and everything I've done good and bad. And then it got to a place where I felt like it would be selfish to not share my story. And then I started pitching the book and that's a whole process. And then obviously writing it um, a lot of just vicissitude of emotions and feelings throughout the process on a good day. You're like, man, I want to affect change. I want to inspire people and give them a roadmap to get up and go do something on a bad day. You're like, what are you doing? Why are we doing this? And why are we going to share this with the world? 
Um, today, I feel great about it. What I love about it the most is, yes, we have boxing stories. Yes, there's some sports stuff in there. But this is a human interest story that every individual on the face of the earth can take something from. Yeah, was that hard to make that decision? Like, hey, I'm going to get into some really difficult moments in my life, the most difficult things that I've I've gone through, and I'm going to share them with maybe millions and millions of people. Was that hard to to come to that place where you felt comfortable sharing personal stuff with everyone? Very hard, you know, and not just my own story, but my family history, my mother, I had to get her blessing. You know, my father has been dead since 2002, so I couldn't get his. So I had to think through that and say, man, how would my dad feel about this? So it was, yes, my story, but also just making sure that I was able to tell the, the other stories the right way. But just because something is hard, just because it's difficult, just because you may get, you know, some commentary is not a good reason to not do certain things. And it was just time, you know, and I think the documentary coming out, you know, several months ago, and then this coming right behind it is perfect timing because we only got 90 some odd minutes in the documentary. We talked about some things. We went deep in some areas, but we skimmed other areas. This book right here takes you deep into my mind, into my life, into my upbringing, how I got to the point that I'm at today. You know, I remember, Andre, when you retired, and I think a lot of people were like, hey, this guy's still on the top of his game. You know, why is he doing this? But it seems like you've never looked back. I mean, you're doing big things like this that will change people's lives. You never had any regret or never felt like you made the wrong decision. It seems like you really believe that you made the right decision in walking away when you did. Well, sometimes in boxing, you know, I, I got a, a knack for making hard things look easy. I just got a good poker face. I definitely have looked back. I definitely you do. Make, you made it look easy because I said, this, why is he retiring? But that, you know, that's like that's sort of what makes a great fighter a great fighter. We yeah. don't show pain. We know how to suppress emotions and feelings to get the job done. But that doesn't mean that I'm not dealing. I'm dealing for sure. <laughs> um, so I definitely have looked back. I just haven't gone back. And, you know, I didn't realize that I'd probably have to retire four or five times. I'd have to reaffirm my convictions many times, you know, to, to ultimately cause me to stay away. And you know, on a good day again, you know, I'm like, man, you did what you're supposed to do, man. You'll be a roadmap for the younger generation. On a bad day, I'm like, dude, what were you thinking? <laughs> Tens of millions of dollars. So much money, right? Oh my gosh. And just like the plan for me after beating Kovalev the second time was cruiserweight, which is the weight class up, and then heavyweight. Yeah. I wonder what could have been some days, but I know I made the right decision. What do you think about all of these and what's happened with the sport? And I, I know a lot of people like it. I, I like watching it. The exhibition fights, the the MMA guys crossing over, the Francis Ngannou fighting, Jake Paul. What do you what do you think of all the things that have happened since you uh, sort of? I, I don't hate against it. Yeah, I don't hate against it. You know, I would probably do it for the right situation. Um, still, still now, as as an exhibition, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep my I keep myself I keep myself just good enough to where if I need it, you know, like you're in good shape. Weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can take care of my business. I can go get ready and for sure. Um, I, I don't hate on it, man. I think I think some of the the influencer versus influencer, when you see like the skill levels just not there, yeah. to me, it's laughable. Yeah. And I don't hate on it. It just shows them that they're not close to our level. But the crossover stuff, like with Jake Paul, Logan's doing, and Gano just did, man, I respect it. That, that, that takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of heart. You got some guys that are saying, oh, it takes away from boxers. I don't think so. It actually brings a new audience, more eyeballs and if their fan base follows them over to boxing man more power to them so i'm a fan of it i appreciate it and i watch it yeah and i think you're right too it actually it, it makes people appreciate what you all do the the you know the, the real deal boxing yes. because it you you clearly see there are different levels to it uh who is is there a guy that that i don't know that that interests you if you say okay if, if that was the fight then i yeah maybe i, I would do it it would be a, a jake or a logan paul type of situation Hey, I, I, nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people would watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Andre, thank you so much for your time. One, one more time, it's uh, Killing the Image, a champion's journey of faith fighting and forgiveness. Uh, th this is amazing stuff, Andre. Thank you so much for your time as always, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Andre. Awesome. It's very tough. Um, heard about it. Um, but, you know, I'm going uh, to make sure, you know, I keep my head above water and, and make sure I stay in touch with all the guys and um, support them as much as I possibly can and, and you know, attack this rehab process um, after surgery and, and make sure that I'm doing whatever I can to be beneficial for the team. That, of course, was Brown's quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who is out for the season. He suffered a fracture in his right shoulder, his throwing shoulder, and because of that, he requires surgery, and uh, he is not coming back this year. Now, Lucas, you guys are having an awesome season. Uh, you're six and three. You just beat the Ravens, the Ravens who I, I thought were probably the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Out of the AFC uh, to be in the Super Bowl, you go in there, you come back from 14 down, you win 33-31. Now your quarterback's out, though, Lucas. I'm very, very interested in the state of the union right now in Cincinnati. By the way, with a huge game coming up against another rival, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, also 6-3, and three, fantastic football game. Now, this is something that the Browns have dealt with all season. Remember, we in the first quarter of the season, Jack Conklin, the right tackle, Jedrick Wills, left tackle. So now we have Deshaun going down, and it's like, okay, what's next? But the thing is, we've talked to players on the Browns, and they say, look, Deshaun was one of those guys who made everybody feel comfortable. But the point is that it's the next man up mentality, that they're not concerned, that they're like, whoever is in these roles, we know that we can go out and execute our offense or execute our defense and go out there and play our game. They're looking forward to playing against the Steelers. Despite all this, Dorian Thompson Robinson will get the start. They like how he will have a full week running the offense. They think that'll be better than when is he started. Is he your Okay, tell me this. Is he the quarterback? There are all these conversations as we know when someone goes down it happened when Aaron Rodgers went down and every other starting quarterback that's gone down across the league we know the conversations start I've seen people naming Tom Brady as a possible uh, you know destination for him being Cleveland I've seen uh, everyone in between all the way down the line to Colin Kaepernick do you do you have your quarterback and and are you are you are you happy with Dorian heading into the playoffs so I'll, I'll break some news for you right now oh wow Tom Brady will not be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I don't know about this news, Mojo. I don't like it. Big breaking news. Get the graphic out there and everything. But the Browns say, Kevin Stefanski says, look, DTR is our guy. We believe that when he has a full week under him to prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that he can be the guy to lead us to a win. And you got to take him for his word at it. Now, I don't think at this point in the season you want to bring in someone else because it'll just add more chaos to everything going on. And really, the Browns don't have too much experience being at this point in the season and actually being in you know a spot for the playoffs. So just go with the guys that you have and pray for the best. What do you think, Bojo? Do they ride with the quarterbacks they have on the team now or – Bring somebody in. No, I think you got to ride with, with who you got. I mean, we're talking about a player that's been there all season, all offseason, who knows the playbook, who's ready to step up into a role. I mean, a quarterback 
as we all know, is a tough position to bring in an outsider and expect them to pick up a playbook and create chemistry with the receivers and learn the offense and every, you know, all the subtle nuances that go with that. So yeah. definitely uh, stay within your organization. I mean, hey, Lucas is the expert here. If he feels good about his guy, then that's good enough for me. Lucas, if it doesn't work, I got someone for you. Two words. Tommy DeVito. I got two words for you. <laughs> Keep them. <laughs> Before we go, we got some TMZ sports food for thought because I could not end this show without talking about this segment, Bojo. Jameson Williams was a uh, top wide receiver uh, in 2022, was 12th overall pick, now is a uh, star for the Detroit Lions. Really nice player, Mojo. Got some weird, weird eating habits, though. I love McDonald's. I love a cheeseburger, and I love a McFlurry, specifically a, an Oreo McFlurry. Mojo, this man puts his McFlurry on his cheeseburger. This can't be real, yeah. right? This doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. First of all, why is this guy going to McDonald's anyways? He's a pro athlete in the NFL. This is garbage food. It's horrible for you. You can't eat that crap and perform unless you're Chad Johnson. He's the only one that's figured out a way to somehow make this work. So I don't know what my guy's doing. You know what? If I might have been okay with it if he selected the Eminem McFlurry, mm. but this just Anything else makes no sense. We have got to go. We got a big one tomorrow. There was a, a crazy UFC fight, uh, the heavyweight title fight at UFC 295 last weekend. Tom Aspinall now is the interim heavyweight champion. Mojo, you might not like this one. Tomorrow we're going to talk to Tom Aspinall. Dana White has said he's going to make John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. I think Tom Aspinall has a different idea in mind, though. He says, hey, Stipe should not get this fight anymore. He's respectful of Stipe, but essentially says Stipe is washed up. We're going to hear from Tom Aspinall tomorrow, Mojo. I feel weird making you promote this show now because I know Stipe is your guy, Mojo. Um, going to be a great show? Well... I'm talking trash, so he gives my guy Stipe an opportunity to bury him. That right there will make tomorrow the best show since today.